This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Tuesday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. We're joined by the great EJ Raddick from the NHL Network. How are you, sir? I'm good, and it's good to be with you, the great Don LaGreca. Oh, well, I appreciate that. that. Uh, All right, yeah. Can we just settle some fears down? Because you're you're somebody that would, I think, uh, you're one of the first people I would call if I needed someone talked off a ledge. Okay. You know, all really? through these okay. sports. All right, so so tonight's Predators-Hurricanes game is postponed because yeah, of COVID. Postponed. Yeah. And, like, everybody's, oh, we got to shut down the season. This Stop, stop. But did, did you Why? not see baseball? Why? Did you not see football? Have you not been witnessing yeah. basketball? I think everybody knew that yeah. we were going to have days like this. Okay, now, whether it's right or wrong to, to move forward, that's obviously for a debate. But this, this, this should not be shocking. This is going to happen throughout the entire year and I don't think it's going to change anybody's minds in the, in the front offices that they're doing the wrong thing by trying to get this season going. Yeah, I mean, it's uh we're on a bumpy flight, let's face it. You know, this is where right. I can only the analogy I can give you is we're on a bumpy flight. It's going to be bumpy. There's going to be uh, you know, fasten your seatbelts. You're not getting any team crumpets on the uh, you know, the the stewardesses, the flight attendants are are in their seats with their with their, their seatbelts on and we're just trying to get through it and uh you know, the league is going to do everything it can. There's no guarantee we can get through it. I mean, if it becomes overwhelming, it will be a big problem. But We've seen in baseball, they've dealt with the issues. They were able to move forward. They got to have the World Series, and it was a very entertaining playoffs, to be quite honest. Um, you know, in football, they had their challenges. In basketball, they're having some challenges. Like, and in hockey, I mean, we don't live on another planet. We live in the same planet, and the games are, you know, they're dealing with the same issues. So uh, hopefully, um, you know, the Dallas Stars haven't played yet. They're supposed to play later in the week. Oddly enough, I think they're supposed to play Nashville. Right. Uh, from what I understand, the problem is more in the Carolina camp, and that's why the game was uh, the game was postponed for this evening. So hopefully, we're going to be able to get through it. But there's going to be bumps, and there's going to be times when teams are not going to be playing, and uh, we just have to hope that it's it's not significant enough to cause major issues with the schedule. Because you know, in baseball, as you know, Don, you can play double headers. There's ways right. to kind of move the games forward in hockey. You're not going to be playing doubleheaders, and it's hard to play on you know more than you know at, at most three consecutive nights. You would think so. Um, you know there are going to be challenges, and I'm sure the league and the players' association have been through all the different scenarios, and they're going to try to make it work. And we'll just have to see. Yeah, we're going to have to see for sure. But uh, if it means that they're going to have to figure something out where maybe Dallas doesn't make up all the games, and maybe it won't matter in the grand scheme of things with it, but we're going to have to figure that out, and they, and they will. I mean, they will yeah. figure yeah. They will figure this out. Um, That's right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, a couple of things before All we right. get into the tweets. Just to, just on my mind, I want to get your thoughts of okay. just. All right. This has been a conundrum now for for really years. But what what do you think is exactly wrong with the Edmonton Oilers? I mean, when you look at when you look at their team, listen, I think they're well coached, right? I mean, I, I think they've got. 
it seems like they yeah. got their act together with the general manager and the head coach and and I'm not saying they've yeah. got to win every game they play but I think they're just too talented to to be where they are it is how do you how do you just feel about them moving forward here well I think uh well first of all you know, it always starts with your defense and your goaltending, and the goaltending is subpar, and now they have a big issue, right, because Mike Smith, you know, is on the LTIR, and he can't play for at least 10 games. I'm not even exactly sure as we speak what's wrong with him, but he's out. And so now it's up to Koskinen to play every game. Um, and I think that's a challenge, particularly in the era that we live in. I mean, Koskinen has proven to be a kind of Sunday is good, Sunday's not as good goaltender. He's okay, and that's kind of where he's been. Uh, this was something I thought Kenny Holland should have addressed in the offseason. He did try to get in on the Jacob Markstrom. Uh, he tried to sign Jacob Markstrom. He ended up losing him. Calgary signs him. I, I think those are cap issues for the Oilers because, you know, they've got a lot of money invested in a few guys at the top of their lineup. So that, you know, makes a difference. But at the end of the day, they couldn't get him. So now they come into the season and they're really, I think, on, on, on really shaky ground in goal just to start the year. Right. And now Mike Smith's out, and now it's a scramble. So that's the first part of it. Your goaltending is kind of a mess. Then you get to the defense, and, you know, Oscar Clefbaum was a, is a really good defenseman. He's been hurt a lot over the last couple of years. He's completely out this year uh, with injury. I don't even know if he's going to be able to come back and play again down the road. They've got some really good young defensemen that aren't ready yet, so those guys aren't part of the mix. They went out and get a Tyson Berry. He's a good offensive defenseman, but he's really not uh, a guy that's going to really work in the D zone. So on defense, their goaltending is very, very suspect. Their defense is light uh, as a group of defenders as a whole. So now you have that problem. And then the third problem I see is your star players, and I this is really for me focused on Connor McDavid, is are not willing to commit to making an effort to play harder in the D zone. And it's no knock. I mean, on the, the, the guy is one of the great players in maybe in the history of this game. He is fantastic offensively. He is dynamic. He's one of the great, you know, skater. Like his hands and his head and his feet, they're all working together, and he's a blast to watch. But to have team success at the end of the day, when your leaders have to show at least a willingness to want to play in the D zone. And I don't think they, you know, I don't think Connor does it consistently enough at this point, because that's the thing. When you see those, when you see Sidney Crosby working hard in the D zone or other star players as centers in this league, working back, working hard in the D zone, at least making an effort, you're not going to be great at it. Like, you know, he's not good. Like Connor McDavid's not going to be Patrice Bergeron and a Selkie guy. Right. But you have to make you have to show a willingness. You have to have that's how that's how you lead in in any sport is you lead by example. So he doesn't have to be great at it, but I do think he needs to be better at making the effort to play there. Mm. And he likes to play above the puck. And like who could blame him? He's so good if he gets the puck in those circumstances, you know, near his own blue line and takes off, you know, he's trouble. So I think you you add it all up, and like again, the McDavid thing is the least of it because the goalies are a problem, and the defense is just not good enough. And then you add in that the forwards are not committed hard enough to to being back there. Mm. I think it creates a big problem for the Edmonton Oilers, and it really hasn't changed that much, Donnie. I mean, like Calgary by getting Markstrom, I mean that solved the huge problem. They haven't had a really number one guy since 
let's kick us off. So that solved the problem for them. Edmonton has got to figure it out because, yeah. you know, over the last several years, they've had a lot of journeyman-type guys. They had Cam Talbot there. had really one good year for them. And look, they went to the playoffs. But they've got to have a long-term solution and goal, and they don't have it right now, and they've got to fix their defense. And Montreal's pretty good. I mean, so it's not like you're losing to yes, Scrubs. They are. I mean, that Montreal team yes, that looks better than they were last year, and I think, uh, but still, in your own building to score, what it ended up being, two goals, you know, yeah. getting outscored eight to two in your own building, back to back games, that's hey, not uh, a good thing. There's an, but Donnie, there's an example, right? Montreal now, they're fortunate they have Carey Price, right? But what did they do? Yeah. They went out and added Jake Allen. Right. Like, you know, in this season with COVID and with all these close games, you're going to need a second and maybe a third guy within your group as a goaltender that you can, you can lean on. I mean, the Islanders going out and getting Corey Schneider, we might laugh, say, well, Corey Schneider hasn't played well the last couple of years. He's kind of at the end of his career. That's fine. But Varlamov got hit in the face the other night in a warm-up, and they were lucky. He did not get seriously injured. He came back, he played, he had another shutout. Suppose he gets hurt and he's out. Now yeah. you have the young kid there, Sorokin, by himself. I mean, they have at least they have an option. You know, the Devils went out and picked up Aaron Dell. They were in a tough spot because Corey Crawford retired. Sure. I mean, goaltending this year is going to be tricky. Oh yeah, and the Montreal Canadiens. They and you know to their to the, to the other point about the Canadians, they went out and fixed needs that they had in the offseason. They added stronger on defense. They've added some pieces up front. They added Jake Allen to help with the goaltending. So. You know, Mark Bergevin, i got to give him credit. He went out and he saw some, some deficiencies, and he went out and really tried to strengthen those areas, and now they're a deeper group. Would you give up Suzuki for Dubois? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't think that's – I don't know if the Columbus Blue Jackets are going to do that, and uh, that's a tough situation. I mean, we saw it again yesterday with, you know, Dubois having to answer questions about limited ice time in the – late in the second period and towards, you know, kind of bristling a little bit, which is, I mean, for us is watching Donnie, like you and I, and for fans, I mean, it'll be funny, right? Cause we love towards his little, you yeah. know, he's entertaining in some ways with his, you know, with his kind of snarly uh, behavior. Sometimes I think he takes it a little too far, but you know, that's going to be a tough one for the blue jackets. Cause that Dubois is a really good player. He is. And uh, so that's a, that's a tough one. You know, and, and at the end of the day, too, Don, he doesn't have really a lot of leverage other than to withhold the services, right? Because he's got, you know, he, he just signed a two-year contract. He's not an unrestricted free agent for another couple of years at least. So he's 25 or he's reached that, that level of service, the seven-year service. So, you know, if the if I'm Yermo, kick a line in the GM there, I'm not just giving him away. So that's going to be uh, – going to be one of those things if the team plays well we'll hear less about it obviously but if the team struggles then it'll become more of a linchpin kind of circumstance mm-hmm. for everybody involved and uh, i don't know if that's the way you want to force yourself out of town to have the team play really badly no so uh you know it's it's going to be a very very interesting situation and but i go back to you know joe sakic with matt duchene a couple of years ago there was a lot of voices saying you have to move them and it's like really no you don't you just, the guy's under contract. He doesn't have a lot of leverage. you got to make the best of it until yeah. I can find a deal that makes sense for us. And that's going to be a hard deal to make because this is a good player. Yeah, very good player, uh, no question. Uh, you're speaking about goaltending, and um, I saw this tweet from Chris Ryan, who covers the Devils for NJ.com, comparing yeah. the stats between Carter Hart and Mackenzie Blackwood. And Hart's been a little bit better. But he's on a better team, and he's a little younger. But, you know, goal against average, very close. Save percentage, very close. I'm sure it's even closer now 
considering what happened to Carter Hart last night against Buffalo. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and listen, Hart Hart has deserved a lot of conversation and, and everything that we were waiting for this kid for for a long time. But I guess the overall point is when do we start to acknowledge that Mackenzie Blackwood is actually pretty good? Well, you know, we talked about a lot on our show last year because the numbers we do a daily hockey show five days a week so we're always looking for stories and for reasons to talk about players and his numbers if you watched he was good and he deserved he merited uh, conversation I thought uh, you know he was someone that was underappreciated I mean the Devils were a struggling group last year but he was really good and uh, he started off the season with some good performances and I mean let's face it he was a second round draft pick you know, back in 2015, he he is someone, he wasn't someone that, you know, was an unsigned free agent. And he's a big guy. He fits the profile of the goaltenders today, 6'4", you know, two, two and a quarter. Um, and he's playing really well right now. So I guess the concern moving forward for the Devils is, you know, just to be worried that you're going to have to burn him out because Corey Crawford was supposed to be there. Now he's not. Right. So you bring in Aaron Dell, you know, you have a couple Wedgwood, you have Comrie they picked up. So, I mean, they have some guys in their chain there, but uh, he's a really good goaltender. And, you know, Carter Hart is Carter Hart. He's been very highly thought of. and But really, he was a similar pick. I don't think Carter Hart was a first-round pick. I think he was a second-round pick as well. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting thing to watch over the coming years because Mackenzie Blackwood has definitely made a statement, at least early in his career, that he's a, a pretty darn good goalie, and the devil should be real happy to have him. You want to do some tweets here? Let's do it. Let's do it, my friend. We'll be able to get around the league here. Robert Thie says, yes. what do you think the Rangers can get if they trade D'Angelo? They have depth on the blue line, and they can use a quality center. Just a quick note, D'Angelo's second straight game is going to be a scratch because why would you change the lineup after a 5 nothing win yeah. over the Islanders on Saturday? But Great. there's a lot going on there, switching the right wing. He's a bit of a hothead, and... You know, we can get into the politics and all that, uh, which I don't really want to do, but I'm not sure if that kind of affects <laughs> things. But uh, no, no. Um, is yeah. it, would the Rangers part ways with him? And if they were to, what can they get back in return? Well, I mean, he does have a little baggage that goes with him, and I think that's a factor if they were considering moving him. Now, I don't know if they're ready to, to make this big a, a plunge, you know, they signed him to a two-year contract, uh, you know, just a little under $5 million. So That's something to consider as well. You know, we're in a flat-cap world. I mean, uh, you know, our team's going to take on a guy that has obviously talent. It was one of the few guys, I think, to have over 50 points last year as a defenseman. So he had a wow. really good year. But he's a light defender. Um, you know, we just talked about Tyson Barry, for example, in Edmonton. I mean, that's a similar – there's a similarity there, right? I mean, they're both right-shot guys who are offensive-minded players that can provide offense to a team and help you out of power play and help you get, you know, move pucks out, which is valuable, but they're light defenders, right? So, you know, what do you give up in return? I don't think there's teams that are really looking to give up a good centerman for an Anthony D'Angelo because he's a, he's like a one-dimensional guy. If you get him, he's a guy that's a right-shot puck mover that can help you on the power play, but he's not somebody that you're going to play, you know, to lock down games or to kill penalties. So, you know, I just don't imagine you're going to get a huge haul in return unless there's somebody who has a similar problem with a centerman that, you know, and then there's a, it makes sense maybe to make a move. So I think we'll see how it plays out. I mean, he had a really good year last year, and, uh, you know, he had a tough start to this season. And then there has been those other things with uh, Twitter and getting off Twitter and his 
political beliefs and things. And I, you know, people are all, we're all citizens. We're all entitled to those beliefs. We're all entitled to espouse those beliefs when we want, but as a public figure and, you know, we know that there will be, you know, some feedback from other citizens who maybe disagree or they want you not to focus on that and just to focus on what you do, which I don't think is always that fair. I mean, you know, he's a citizen. He's allowed to give his opinions and I'm allowed to completely disagree with him, you know? So, um, but it does, you know, I think it's hard enough to be a pro athlete. And so I think, you know, for him, I think he came in last year. He was more focused on, you know, on his game and he played well. And, or he did the things that he could do really well. But, you know, I think he's got to, you know, in these couple of games he's going to miss here, kind of, you know, refocus his energies and get back to those things. And, you know, again, those type of players that are one-dimensional guys like that, if they're not providing it offensively and they're making too many mistakes in the Z, Z zone, they end up finding themselves watching a lot of games and they end up finding themselves on six or seven different teams in their careers because yeah. they bounce from teams that need those type of players. And when teams grow out of that, and need, you know, and have, you know, have more well-rounded defensemen in their group, guys like Anthony D'Angelo get moved down. So um, time will tell, but it, all we can say is he did really have a good year last year for them, and he's got a two-year deal, and I assume he's going to get back in the lineup at some point. And, you know, listen, he's played, he played one bad game. I mean, you got to give the guy time to, to kind of find his way. Uh, Michael uh, brings up tonight. Capita makes his debut with the Penguins. Do you think he will have an impact on the team this season? I think so. I mean, they they went out and got him as a speed guy that can play, you know, with their top centers, and, and you know, in some way. So yeah, I think that they're expecting him to have an impact. Um, you know, they expect him to be able to push the pace offensively and to push defensemen back with his speed and not allow for teams to collapse down on the Penguins and, and and really make it hard for them to break the puck out of their zone. So, yeah, I mean, that's why they got him. They think he can be someone that can play with a with a Crosby or with a Malkin. So, uh, yeah, they're hoping. Put it this way, if he doesn't have an impact on their group, it won't be good for them because they they uh, they envision him being a, a very helpful player for that, that forward group. And David Hines says, since the name, logo, and jersey of the Seattle Kraken were unveiled over the summer during game misconduct's hiatus, want to hear EJ's take on the team branding. Are you a fan of it, and how do you think they're going to build up hype for their inaugural season? Well, uh, I don't. I wasn't necessarily like a guy that was like, oh, the Kraken is this like unbelievable name. But I love. No, I loved people, it. Why, I, well, I, I called there's it. A, I, that's what I wanted example. it to be before it even became yeah. a thing. So I'm biased. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's okay. But like you know, so but I'm just being <laughs> give you my opinion. It wasn't like it blew me away. But right. you know what? It's got a lot. It's been really well received. I love their color scheme for their team. They've yep. done just about everything perfectly in terms of you know the run up to this. Um, so. You know, I think the unfortunate part is that we're in such crazy times. I mean, they've built this really unique building or kind of rebuilt an old building, and, you know, they have all these features, and yet we're we're hoping that we're going to be able to have, uh, you know, fans, you know, in these you know in these games in Seattle down the road when they eventually start. So I think they've, they've, they've hit on a lot of notes really well, and uh, the merchandise stuff is terrific. And the color scheme is great, and you know, again, I, 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 I think they've done a lot of good things. They, yeah. have, they have a great team of people led by, uh, you know, uh, by Lewicki out there in in uh, in Seattle, who's uh, you know he's done nothing but 
be really good everywhere he's been in his career, you know, uh, and he's been in a lot of different, he's been in different leagues as well. He's had affiliates. He's been in the NBA. He's been in the NFL. He's been in the NHL before. And, uh, you know he's done a great job. So with his leadership there, they've done uh, terrific work so far. Oh, well, you know we we've been doing this for years, EJ, going back to NHL Live. <clears throat> and you brought something up to me back in the day. Like Vancouver's not in the U.S. television market because it's in Canada. Yeah. So if you yeah. look at a map of the United States, and you showed me this, you draw a line from you know Vancouver to San Jose, San San Jose to Colorado, Colorado up to Minnesota. That's a big yeah. chunk. Of the, yeah. of the top left area of the country that is just yeah. not serviced to National Hockey League. I don't know how much Canuck games like trickle down into the Washington State area and all that. And so when we were doing NHL Live, that's why Portland was being talked about, Seattle, yeah. because from a television standpoint, they really have a chance to kind of carve out that entire Pacific Northwest where we've seen, you know, the Seahawks do well in the NFL. Um, that that's been big there. The Mariners when they're yeah. good, but there's yeah. the just soccer the, team has been the, the so- yeah, the so- done really well. The, Seattle and Portland. Uh, both of those areas, yeah. the soccer teams have been terrific. So yeah, that that's really kind of an underserviced as far as the top four are concerned, uh, but where the NHL can jump right in there uh and, yeah. and take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, you're right, Donnie. That's how long it's been, going back to when we were doing that show, you know, NHL Live, like, what's that, like, it's, oddly enough, it's like 13, 14 years ago now, some of those, you know, it's been a while, but that, uh, you know, that's, I've always thought, you know, that's a great place, just geographically, to fill a spot on the map, you have a natural rivalry with the, the Canucks, which is awesome, it's another Pacific time zone location to kind of even out with all the teams in the Eastern and Central time zone. So, I mean, it's something that's probably been long overdue, and now they have a great ownership group there that has the financial wherewithal to make it happen. Mm-hmm. I do have, you know, I just feel bad for them and that, you know, they're coming into the league at a very difficult time. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, you know, I think they're going to be just fine because they do have great leadership, but, you know, it's uh, – you know, it's a tough time to be starting a franchise right now. EJ, it's always a pleasure, buddy. And uh, let's try to get n- yes, Monday. Hopefully, there won't be any afternoon basketball that knocks us off the. Uh, the you know, Donnie. Uh, you know, we've known each other for a long time, right? So we roll with the punches. That's the way it is. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. There you go. All right, my friend. Have a All great right, week. That's that's the great. Yeah. I mean it. The great EJ Raddick. Oh, uh, uh, no. You're the great Don LaGreca. Oh, well, you know, it's a battle of the greats, and that's why it's a podcast you have to listen to because. <laughs> Got two quality people on it for there for that go. period of time. But you know, we're the ones telling you. Just ask us. Yeah, that's right. Just ask. They ask yeah. anybody. Ask yeah. me. Ask EJ. Uh, yeah, we'll tell you. All right, love All you, right. man. Thanks, man. We'll Be safe. See ya. All right. All right. Uh, quick before we uh, get out of Dodge here, uh, Rangers and Devils first matchup of the year, conclusion of a three-game homestand for the Rangers tonight. As we mentioned, no Tony D'Angelo for the second consecutive game because why change the lineup when you had a five-nothing win on Saturday against the Islanders? Uh, Flyers look to bounce back after getting thrashed by the Buffalo Sabres six to one. In most of the cases, the home team has bounced back, so we'll keep an eye on that. Blackhawks and Panthers from Florida. Keith Yandel is in the lineup, so all the talk about him being a scratch looks like every. Everything is going to point to him playing in his 868th consecutive game tonight in Florida. Caps and the Penguins. Penguins were able to get the win in the shootout uh, back on Sunday. Senators and the Jets from Ottawa. Ottawa off to a pretty decent start. 7.30 it'll be the Blue Jackets and the Red Wings from Detroit. Uh, Red Wings have actually been a little bit more competitive than I thought. Avalanche and the Kings from L.A. and the game between the Hurricanes and the Predators postponed 
because of COVID. All right, we'll be back with you again tomorrow. Have fun watching the games, taking advantage of watching some hockey, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. This has been the Tuesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.